Good evening. This is the weekly wrap for Saturday, July 1st. Apologize for the late delivery. Took me some time to get through the plethora of USDA data and the technicals of what was a a very volatile week in the grains. So let's dig in and try to get some sense of of where we might be headed. We'll start with the macro picture Uh, in Russia. The insurrection last weekend uh, basically ended as quickly as it got started. Uh, General Progozin, uh, the leader of the Wagner Group that was headed toward Moscow to take over, uh, quickly folded up his, his tent and went home uh, and negotiated a, uh, a retreat and, and uh, a safety for himself that proved to be short-lived. He was immediately arrested earlier this week. Putin's reputation clearly got tarnished in this, so his rivals, uh, you know, the oligarchs that are in Russia and other military people probably are uh, looking at him a little bit differently than they did uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, the, the grain deal that was th- threatened to be totally canceled in July, uh, a diplomat came out and said that they didn't see any reason why it couldn't be extended. So this soap opera, this drama that is the grain corridor continues to be on again, off again, but it looks like it will continue. The main thrust of this is that the Russian-Ukraine war is continuing. It is not going away anytime soon, and it leads to continued deterioration of Ukrainian grain production, which was, again, you know, they're the fourth largest exporter of corn and wheat and grains in the world, and that is continuing to diminish having a net impact on the balance sheet, tightening global balance sheets every day. For China, we got news from their central planners again uh, that they are looking to provide more stimulus for their economy. I guess they're not happy with the COVID uh, reopening, post-COVID reopening and the business activity, even though everything that they print says uh, that they're doing very well. China's data is notoriously unreliable. You have to watch what they do and not what they say. And so the fact that they're providing some stimulus means that they're not totally happy with it. They've actually been quite active in the grain complex, uh, buying wheat, buying soybeans. And so for all of the negativity, they're really quite aggressive buyers of global grains. In the United States, our Federal Reserve uh, is watching data that came in this week. The PCE, that inflation indicator, came in at 3.8%. That's down dramatically from a year ago at 7%. So all inflation readings continue to roll over quite aggressively. The GDP, the gross domestic product, came in at 2%. That was a big shock because the market was looking for 1.4%. So the health of the economy is really quite strong uh, and more robust than everybody thought. Uh, They didn't think we could absorb these 5% interest rates and still hang in there. And uh, unemployment continues to linger at 3.6%, record low levels. So very, very strong economy, very strong stock market, leading the market to price in an 87% probability now that the Federal Reserve will raise rates again here in July. And I'm not exactly sure why. They've got this market in the sweet spot, strong growth, good GDP, low unemployment, inflation rolling over. But anyway, that's what the market is believing will happen here in a couple weeks when the Federal Reserve meets again. Uh, For the big shock uh, data that came in was the USDA report on Friday afternoon. 
starting with cotton. They lowered planted acres by 140,000, pretty much close to what the market was expecting, but lower than what I'm looking for. I think ultimately we'd be closer to a half a million less acres of planted cotton intentions. Uh, ending stocks, uh, you know, by the end of the year, we're going to be down from 3.75 million bales to 3.2. So we're going to we're going to have a much lower ending stocks number than what we had last year. Uh, weather in China it continues to be problematic. They had hard freezes and uh, snow on their early cotton. They are indicated their acres will be down 10%. India's acres will be down, so there's no doubt that the global supply of cotton will be down. Um, the problem is, is that the market, uh, the merchants, and the trade considers cotton demand to be weak, and that remains the focus. Uh, managed money did lower uh, or did increase their short position on cotton by 10,000 contracts this week, and that's based on the weaker than expect, weak demand thesis, even though the data doesn't you know, confirm that. Um, for the corn market, we saw uh, acres up 2 million acres. So the USDA between March and July found 2 million acres of corn. Uh, ending stocks were down 150 million bushels and then were down 250 million bushels versus last year. So at the uh, beginning of June, we're off uh, 250 million bushels uh, versus last year. And that helps explain why the spreads are still so heavily inverted. Uh, crop condition ratings continue to roll in uh, at the lowest level since 1988. So these are 35-year low on uh, crop condition ratings. Uh, although the weather is improving, we've gotten quite a bit of rain in Nebraska and Dakotas, southern Iowa, southern Illinois, southern Indiana. Those are the lower uh, cotton, uh, lower uh, acres. Uh, the heavier concentration of acres in the Corn Belt are in northern Iowa, northern Illinois, and northern Indiana, and they have been really, for the most part, missing out on the beneficial rains in those areas. For soybeans, acres were down a shocking 4 million acres. So, unbelievably, between the month of March and the month of July, June, the USDA lost 4 million acres in their survey. Uh, ending stocks were down 16 million bales, bushels versus uh, expectations. And then we're down 172 million bushels versus last year. So just a huge drop versus last year's ending stocks. Again, explains why the old crop, new crop spreads are so incredibly wide. We're essentially running out of old crop beans. Uh, similar to corn, this is the worst rated crop since 1988. Uh, but weather, again, is improving. Wheat acres were down 300,000 versus March. Ending stocks were down 31 million bushels and we're down 118 million bushels versus last year. Not a surprise, the Kansas City crop was a complete disaster, unfortunately. Some of the worst, uh, you know, worst crops since the 1950s. Minneapolis crop was getting off to a rough start, but they've gotten a lot of rain, so that crop is improving. And the Chicago wheat crop is generally in very good shape. For cotton, we saw a drop in planted acres of uh, that 140,000. But going forward, the real question is, what is the abandonment? That's going to be the tricky question uh, because of the this, the wild weather we've seen in the Lubbock area. <clears throat> the Plainview North crop, we basically have lost probably 75, 80% of that crop is gone. That's the high-yielding 3-4 bale cotton. And what has survived, generally speaking, is the Lubbock South crop, which has a higher... Uh, 
uh, dry land component to it, and those yields are only in that three, four, five hundred pound area. So even though uh, we have the rains, we lost the really high yielding crop. So it's just going to be a big challenge uh, trying to figure out where this cotton crop on the production side is headed. So in summary, um, let's just summarize the whole thing. We're off to one of the worst starts in corn and beans in 35 years. We had the, one of the worst wheat crops in 60 years. We already have record low stocks to use ratios in corn, beans, and wheat, and cotton, and they fell all again this year. The USDA, unfortunately, has proven once again that their data is wholly unreliable. Losing two, three, four million acres uh, at a whack uh, in a couple of months it means that their processes are flawed and it just makes it very, very difficult to draw any long-term conclusions about supply and demand and subsequently price from that. And so since we're in such a huge state of flux on acres and yield, it's just you cannot draw any long-term conclusions about price this early in the year. Unfortunately for us, the algorithms and managed money, they trade this garbage data from the USDA very aggressively. And they create um, their view uh, and they express it through prices. And that's what you've seen this week with corn down 30 cents on Friday and beans up 70 to 80 cents. And I think it's going to be that way uh, for the rest of the summer, unfortunately. We do get another USDA from, report from them on July 12th. And so that will be uh, them trying to insert these new quarterly stocks, these new acreage numbers, and build out new balance sheets. The other problem that we have is world weather. China, India, Africa, Europe are all experiencing record heat. We should see declines in production in those areas, and that ultimately may drive more business back toward the U.S. Uh, versus what current estimates are. The weather in the United States is improving, but like I mentioned, it's only in the southern part of those main growing areas. Um, and so the question now is, what is the yield? I, I felt like that uh, during the heaviest part of the drought here toward the end of June, we were at a 160 national corn yield. Uh, with these rains and the better, uh, cooler weather, we're probably inching our way back to 170 now, but we're still way off the USDA's estimate at 181. Remember, last year's corn yield was 173. I think we were lower than that. I think that's why the USDA is having problems with these quarterly stocks. So I would say at this point, we would be optimistic to reach last year's corn yield. So that's why I'm at 170 currently, and that's what I will build my balance sheets with. For soybeans, not too dissimilar. Government started out at 52. I think we were at 47, 48 on the national yield, which would have been catastrophic for the balance sheet. But with these rains, we're probably clawing our way back to the 50 bushel average national yield, which is kind of where we were last year. And so we're going to have to keep an eye on weather going forward. The crops are essentially a very, very long ways away from being made. So we'll be mindful of that. From a marketing perspective, we're going to keep an eye on these moving averages. They worked out well for us on this last little rip higher, giving us a chance to do some marketing. Deese corn, the 200-day remains at 582. And I know that looks like it's a long ways away, but it was just a few weeks ago, and we went through it and got up to 630 pretty quickly. 
Uh, we're now back through it, back below it, hovering you know right around uh, five dollars, and we may grind a little bit in this area for a while. But ultimately, I think once the calmer heads prevail, uh, put through these balance sheet adjustments on quarterly stocks and yields, we're going to make our way back to that 200-day moving average, giving us a chance to do some more marketing. For November beans, the 200-day moving average was 13.33. We got through that pretty quickly last week, uh, but now we're we got then slammed below it, but we closed above it, and so here we are back above the 200-day moving average uh, on November beans, and I think that gives us a shot now at the next area of technical resistance at 14.25. For those of you that have not gotten that first 25, 30% sold, use that 14.25 resistance area just underneath it. 14.15, 14.20 in that area to get that first 30% sold. Now, for soybeans, the balance sheet has gotten critically tight with this huge loss in acres. And so now any yield losses amplifies the volatility going forward. I don't think the market's going to trade that volatility anytime soon. So I think we pull up to that 14.25, we pull back and we rest for a while. So we have two related issues here to keep a close eye on. Remember, we had massive losses in Argentina that have not been fully digested on the balance sheet, either for global exports or for global crush. So the U.S., October forward, is going to dominate the export market for global beans and the crush market for global crush for meal and oil. And so October forward, <clears throat> we could see an extraordinarily tight U.S. balance sheet, very strong demand. And so I'm not going to be particularly worried about being only 40, 50% sold on soybeans. Uh, the next technical resistance area would be that 1475. So if we got 14, through 1425, next area is resistance 1475, right up against that almost $15 area where we would get up to 50, maybe 60% sold. Uh, for Dease Cotton, uh, the resistance area is 82 cents. That's the 50 day moving average. We closed at the 200 day moving average at 80. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid that with managed money building out now a new short position and the idea that we have poor demand, they may try to press this market down uh, or down to 75 cents, which would ultimately stimulate more demand, which would be really kind of exactly what we need. Uh, but I, I am not bearish cotton in the slightest, even though we may see a sell-off here in the next 30, 45 days. Uh, long term, with this, with this lower global crop and, and with the sort of misinformed idea that demand is going to be so poor for so long, uh, I think cotton's got an explosive potential into next year. For wheat, we did go up and test that 200-day moving average at 761 on Chicago wheat. Pulled back very, very violently, very quickly. Same thing on Kansas City wheat at 585, excuse me, 858. And so those resistance areas remain intact as key areas to do some light selling here. But uh, I still remain bullish wheat overall. Funds did cover quite a bit of their position. So they're flipping out of this huge short and starting to cover and may consider going long sometime later in the year. Keep a quick eye on crude oil. Resistance is at $75 a barrel. We're at the, in the low 70s now. That's the 200-day moving average. Balance sheet continues to tighten there very dramatically. If we get through $75 a barrel, uh, it would open the door very quickly to $85, $90 a barrel and ultimately get to that $100 a barrel that I still feel like is very much in play by the end of this year. 
Okay, so that's the update uh, overall. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful 4th of July and look forward to those videos early part of next week where we'll build out these new balance sheets and uh, we'll do a quick check on the technicals as well. Take care.